So we've been talking about the Our Father. So I just wanted to review a little bit uh, because when you look at the Our Father, if you just open your Bible to Luke 11, chapter 1 onwards, it's there. So when you look at the Our Father, there are endless principles and revelation that come through the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, you know, in a time where the Our Father's getting removed from schools, it's getting moved from, uh, you know, uh, the opening of the council meetings all through the state. It's amazing how they all did it at once. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, governments have been removing this. But I tell you what, uh, I want to bring the Lord's Prayer back. And I can't change the world, but I want to bring it back for us. And to me, this has become a really uh, amazing thing because... About 30 plus years ago, uh, I was able to, you know, uh, connect with some really amazing teaching about the Our Father. And, uh, you know, at, at the time it sort of got a bit monotonous, but now 30 plus years later, this has been life to me. And, uh, you know, I am into this. So Lynn and myself have been praying the Our Father a couple of times each day, and it's been fantastic. But as I said, there's endless principles and revelations that come through the Lord's Prayer. And uh, here's, here's a couple of principles that are important. Number one, first principle is it is important when we pray. First of all, before I launch out, who wants to become more effective in their prayer life? You know, who, who really wants to hit it in prayer? Because in, uh, in uh, the book of James, you know, James saying the, uh, the prayer of the uh, righteous man avails much, the effective prayer. Yeah. And, you know, we can be sort of a bit hit and miss with our prayer. And if we're hit and miss with our prayer, it, it, it's going to affect everything. But if we, you know, if we learn the principles of how to be effective in the realm of prayer, it is going to change me. Yeah. That's the first thing, you know. And as your pastor, I want to say this. I need change in my life. First thing, God's going to change me. Then he's going to change things in my family home. If, if I learn the principles and begin to apply them, it's going to change things there. And then there is the change in the church. The church grows corporately. We, we need to grow together. Amen. And that is what this School of the Spirit is all about because our theme, you know, there's six or seven churches involved in it, which is great. And uh, we want to grow together because, you know, if, if I just grow and you don't, there comes a separation. Yeah, this, is, yeah. this is what happens, you know. And, but if we grow together, we can actually achieve something together. So this is how I think as a leader, I, I want to move forward into the full potential of the new creation that God has given me. And I want you to come there with me. You know, so if we go there together, we're going to see change. But you know, when you, someone begins to move forward, often people can be stragglers and, you know, stay where they are for a whole number of different reasons. But these are really important principles that are going to help us go there together. 
So number one, when you pray, it's important to acknowledge that He, God in heaven, is our Father. This is a principle of acknowledgement, to acknowledge who He is. And uh, it's really a wonderful thing because when I started out as a Christian, I sort of always thought God was out there and He was sort of out to get me. And I don't know whether you've ever felt like that, but, but I think it was sort of the religious environment that I've brought up with, whereas I saw God more as a judge than a father. And, you know, not long after we became Christians, which is over 40 years ago now, some really good teaching came out about the father heart of God. And I remember that coming out and looking at that and thinking, oh, man, wouldn't that be wonderful to know God as your father? And over the progression of years, I can honestly say to you personally, as far as I'm personally concerned and from the bottom of my heart, that I see God as my Father. But it did not come without, you know, really digging in and finding out for myself who God is. So this prayer is a wonderful thing because it says straight out, our Father in heaven. And, uh, you know, I always had that concept, where's heaven? Where is it? It's way out there. God's way out there and I'm here. And I believe a lot of people have this feeling about God, that He is somewhere way out there in the universe and we are here. But no, God is your Father and because of the shed blood of Jesus, He has now been made near. This is something that we really need to understand. You know, next week we'll have communion and we'll be talking about the importance of the blood of Jesus. Because according to the Bible, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So Jesus came into the earth as the Son of God and He shed His blood so that the gap between God in heaven and myself could be closed. And according to the Scripture, this is what it says. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this is amazing. Let me say it to you again. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In other words, everything that we need to live our life is either here on the earth now or it's in the heavenly realm. And you know, because of the blood of Jesus, we have become near. In the next verse, it says, He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself. It's like we without God are spiritual orphans, wandering through the earth, trying to find our way, trying to map out out our purpose. But right here, we can understand a lot about our purpose because it says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What's the heavenly places? It's the spirit realm. It is where God is. And what we don't have is there. And in the next verse, it's saying that He chose you 
I want to say this to you this morning, that you are chosen by God, according to this, before the foundations of the world. It's a long time between your mother and father ever considered you. You were chosen by God before the foundations of the world to be adopted as sons. And because of this amazing thing, let me read the full verse again. He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself. I want to honour the fact that God is our Father. You know, you look at all the woke theology that's coming through that they're even trying to dismantle the Lord's Prayer and change the words to it. Uh, they say that within the next couple of years, AI, artificial intelligence, will rewrite, uh, the, rewrite the Bible completely. So we need to know the realities. We need to know the foundations and have them strongly set in our life. So the first thing when you come to prayer is acknowledge that He is there. You know, we, the Bible says in uh, the book of Hebrews, it says we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Can anybody tell me where that verse is? Because I've forgotten. Just checking on you. But it's in Hebrews. It says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. So every day we can come right before God into His throne room as His sons and daughters and we can be there with our Father. That's amazing. And this is where this morning, you know, you would have felt that call to come further, to come closer, to come boldly before the throne. Now, most people can just barely get to church. But we are not just called to barely get to church. We are called every day of our life to come boldly before the throne of grace and to meet with our Father. And the only way that we can do that and the only reason we can do that is because of the blood of Jesus. It says that, you know, we were singing this morning about the holiness of God. And to be a little honest, you know, as I'm observing the congregation, there is a little bit of a disconnect between the holiness of God and where we feel that we are at. But according to this, we were chosen to be holy and blameless before Him. So we can come right in there, push right in there. And, you know, sometimes we need to get a bit more involved. We need to engage a bit more if we want to come further. Because when you engage more and when you come closer, God can show you pictures. You know, He'll show you things. He'll give you visions. And this is how my life became changed. When I was in my 20s, learning how to cross over and to go further into the realm of worship and to connect with our Heavenly Father. So number one principle that we need to learn this morning is about God being our Father and to acknowledge Him. Number two, it's to know His name. It's to know His name. So the Old Testament, uh, there are many names for God in the Old Testament and we've touched on this during this series. Uh, many names in the Old Testament and the names reflect the covenant benefits. 
that God gave us during certain things. For instance, Jehovah Jireh was the name given when Abraham went up to the mountain to sacrifice. And, and there was a lamb in the thicket and the name Jehovah Jireh was given to God then because the Lord provides. And you know, as you go through your life and you begin to walk with God and you begin to know His name, you will see and you will experience His covenant benefits. So the Old Testament covenant uh, uh, benefits are totally expressed in the name of Jesus. They all prophetically point to Jesus. He is the fulfilment of all the Old Testament covenants. And to know his name is really important because a lot of people out there, they believe in God. I, I honestly am having trouble believing that there is such a thing as an atheist. I mean, here this morning, we heard the testimony of someone who, who was a devout atheist and, and uh, you know, uh, a bit antsy about Christians actually, who God just turned him around. And he was turned around and one of the reasons he was turned around, he spoke about the writings of C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis, during his, the height of his career, was one of the world's most foremost atheists. And he changed. It's interesting, I believe, that the Christianity Today wrote about Richard Dawkins. I think we should pray for that man because he wrote a book called The God Delusion. Totally anti, but do you know what he's doing now? He's calling himself a cultural Christian. He's getting closer and closer and closer. It's amazing what happens when you begin to look and search out who God is. Listen to this, this is what it says in, it, I, I wanna say this just before I quote this, to know the name of the Lord is really important. You've got to know who God is for you and you need a revelation of it. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it. Is that good? Let me say it again. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it. Now, these guys were living in the Old Testament. This is a psalm written by David, but he did not know the full name of the Lord. He was living under a certain covenant with God and there were covenant benefits and he knew what that meant and he knew it was important to know the name of the Lord. In Psalm chapter 91, verse 14, this is a proverb that I would recommend for all our young people to memorise because it's really important. I think it's important for now. Psalm 91, it starts by saying, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I won't go right through it, but if you go down to verse 14, it says, because He has set His love upon me, therefore I will deliver Him and it goes on to talk about how he'll even show him salvation because I have known his name. 
You know, all of us have a different understanding of the name of the Lord. But let me tell you who the name of the Lord is in the new covenant. It's Jesus. Jesus, the Christ. Jesus, the Son of God. And according to the Bible, there's only one name on the earth by which all men and women must be saved. And that is the name of Jesus Christ. I believe it's so important to understand the power in the name of Jesus Christ. Because when we pray, we can pray as our own self, oh God, help me. But when we step up to someone and we pray, we ask God or we can even command in the name of Jesus to see certain things happen and miracles can begin to happen. We've seen it in here. And, uh, you know, uh, with Aaron, with his hand, this happened in our church 12 months ago. He's given me permission to share this video too, but his hand was all tied up, bound up, and he couldn't open it. And uh, one morning we just prayed for people with pain, came forward and we spoke to that in the name of Jesus Christ. And just before, you, I've got the video on my phone, you can come and check it, it's a real miracle. His hand just went, whoa. And he didn't believe what he'd seen. And he was not an atheist, I believe, but an agnostic. And now Christy said, you're an agnostic, aren't you? And he said, oh, that was 30 minutes ago. <laughs> I mean, when we pray in the name of Jesus, things can happen. This is where if you don't know the name of the Lord, you cannot or don't know the power of the name of the Lord, you can't live in your full potential as a new Christian, can't. And you know, the Bible says, Hosea 4, 6, that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Who? My people, that's us. We perish because we don't know. You know, we have the most powerful badge of authority to operate as sons and daughters of God on this earth by praying in the name of Jesus. And you know, when we see the sick, we can have a crack at this. This is amazing. The name of Jesus is incredible. Do you know why a lot of prayers are not answered? because we don't know the power in the name and quite often don't even use the name. But you know, when you put the, the Jesus said about himself, you lift up, you know, you lift up the, the, my name and I'll draw all men. You know, things are gonna happen when we lift up the name of Jesus. So I wanna refresh your faith a bit because, you know, we are not just praying to some God in heaven who is remote from us, and, and is not interested in us. Listen, you're his daughter. You are his daughter. And when you pray in the name of Jesus, he's gonna respond to that. But if you don't know, if you're not sure what his name is, that's a problem. Third thing, third principle we need to understand is this. His kingdom is His priority. His kingdom is His priority and I need to make His kingdom my priority. And this is not always easy, is it? I spoke there a couple of weeks about discerning the kingdoms because there are three kingdoms that manifest themselves in our reality. 
The first one is the kingdom of darkness. If you look around, many are under the kingdom of darkness. They're lost. They don't know the way. The sun is coming up in the morning and shining brightly, but there's a darkness. And you know, sometimes to many people, that darkness is literally tangible and their lostness is felt in a deep way. And you know, we are living now where, you know, mental health issues and even suicide is almost epidemic amongst young people and younger and younger people. Why? Because of the kingdom of darkness. It's not their fault. It's like they are in a kingdom. They are under oppression and even depression and, uh, and, and are lost. This is the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness may not be so real for you because you've already taken a step and entered the kingdom of light. In Colossians chapter 1.16, it says that we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light or the kingdom of His dear Son. So it's like here I was years ago thinking I knew it all, thinking there are many gods and then all of a sudden Jesus turns up and He became a reality and it's like this. I was living in darkness and I got translated into the light. It's a little bit like your vision. I got translated into, your, into the light. God wants to bring you out of darkness and into the kingdom of His glorious Son. Now, it's not easy, you know, because when we got changed, I got saved. But I had this issue because he used to swear like a trooper. And that did not just go away. Like I wouldn't have got through a message like this without saying something really innocently inappropriate. But God saved me. Now, let me understand this, the kingdom of darkness, right? the kingdom of light, and in between is the kingdom of self. And this is where we live our life in the flesh on the earth. And every day when we make decisions about what we're gonna do, we either serve the kingdom of darkness and we can, or we can sing this, or we can serve the kingdom of God, or we can serve the kingdom of self. And there's these, the battle on the inside, the struggle on the inside. And it's, it's uh, the same for us all. We have this battle because there's this battle going on for your life, for your future, for the future of our children, the future of my children's children. And I'm fighting that battle now. And I can not even discern the kingdoms. Or I can be switched on in the Holy Spirit and know what's going on. This is why the school of the Spirit's great. We teach people how to break through this. So, so uh, you know, His kingdom is amazing. Right now, I'm totally switched in, locked in and serving His kingdom the way that He wants me to. But by two o'clock today, I could have moved let the kingdom of darkness take over. Hopefully not, but certainly the kingdom of self rises. The kingdom of self is me wanting my way. I'm gonna do it my way. Am I relating to you? Or am I the only one who wants to do it my way? 
and the rest of you are already holy and blameless in His sight. This is very good. This is good stuff because if we can discern this, we can choose every day to walk in His glorious light, which is where we are called to. So you've got to discern the kingdom. When somebody speaks, begin to think, which kingdom is that? Begin to check yourself and think, which kingdom am I serving? What kingdom is that that is beginning to influence my mind and my thinking? Is it the kingdom of darkness? Is it the kingdom of God or is it the kingdom of self? So the third is your kingdom come. Four is His will, not mine. His will, not mine. See, the kingdom of self can only become number one if I don't align myself with His will or know His will. This is something you've got to learn to do. Learn to discern the kingdoms and learn to find His will. When our will overrules His, we can find ourselves fighting Him and God's people. I want to say that again because I've seen this happen to people. When His will overrules, when our will overrules His, we can find ourselves fighting Him. And the problem is, is that most often it's not the devil. It's certainly not God's people. It's not the church. It's the way I think. See, I'm not responsible for everyone else, but I am responsible for me. So how are we going with this? That's my introduction. Am I doing all right? Yeah, understanding about the kingdom of darkness. Yeah, getting that. Do you see that in the schools? Do you see the kingdom of self in the schools? Do you see the kingdom of God in the schools? Well, I do because you're there. And when you come into your full, full potential as a new creation, you can begin to see change there. Amen. Why don't we stand? We're going to say the Our Father together. And then I want to talk about the next line in the prayer. Let's say this. I, I do the Our Father who art in heaven. I'm an oldie and I love that poetic prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Hang on, where are we going? been saying this every day, I'm lost. <laughs> give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. For the power, the deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. <laughs> You've got a backslidden pastor here, that's the trouble. Pray for your pastor, my goodness. For the power, the glory. <laughs> Look, don't you say another, I'll pray it. <laughs> for the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours forever and ever. Amen, amen. There you go. We got there. <laughs> Fantastic, why don't you take a seat?
So the next line, the next line in the Our Father, in the Lord's Prayer is give us this day our daily bread. At least I got that right. Give us this day our daily bread. What did Jesus mean? What did He mean? The bread that Jesus is talking about is symbolic of a few things, probably many things. The first one is natural provision. You know, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, if you look, uh, look into, into uh, Matthew chapter 6.33, we really don't even have to do that. So it means much more than natural provision. Has anyone here not had, a, had three square meals this week? It is like God looks after us, doesn't he? Especially in this great country. So it relates to natural provision but it is also symbolic of Jesus himself because he called himself the bread of life in Matthew chapter 6, 11. Who wants more of Jesus? Who wants more of Jesus? Who wants more of Jesus to flow through them? Who really wants to know Jesus? Then when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, it's like we are transacting with God. It's like, you know, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, you know, about, uh, it's in John chapter six, he spoke about, he, he said it's about, he spoke about eating my body and drinking my blood. It's a challenging concept and people couldn't un understand it and says many departed from him that day saying this is a hard teaching. But you know, the reality is, is that all of us, need more of Jesus. A little bit more, hey? Yeah. Wouldn't it be better if your husband had a little bit more of Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be better if your wife needed a little bit more of Jesus? I'm not gonna look at anyone when I say that. <laughs> but when we pray the Our Father and you say us, give us this day our daily bread, we are taking Jesus in. This is where we need to be a bit more conscious about it. We need to go, God, give us our daily bread. God, I receive today. It's also symbolic of community, the body of Christ. When we say, give us this day our daily bread, we are identifying with one another because we're a community. You know, we're called to walk together. Some people walk closer together than others and that's because of calling. But God wants us to be genuine reflectors of His love. You know, that's what He wants. So when we are praying, give us this day our daily bread, there is an identification with our spiritual family. So on Sunday next week, we'll take the bread and we'll break it. It's symbolic of his body, his, his own body. And it's also symbolic of the relationships in the church. But I think it's far, far more than that. Because when you look at the meaning of these words, daily in bread, the first one comes from a, a Greek word called epiusos. 
Epiusos means daily. And it's like a daily download. If you go back into the Old Testament, you know, when the, in the book of Exodus, each day they had to gather the manna. Every day. And, you know, at times they got a bit lazy and thought, well, we'll gather some for tomorrow too. And then they got a nasty shock when they looked at tomorrow's, yesterday's manna because it had gone mouldy. But not only that, there was a few maggots creeping around in it. So what God's, what I believe is the parallel here is that God wants us, very important, to have a daily download from heaven into our minds and hearts. The next word is aero. It comes from the word aero. Bread comes from the, whoa, Hebrew word aero. And it means to raise the voice and keep in suspense in the mind. In other words, this is a posturing of the mind to understand the voice of God. Do you see that? It's not just about you having a good job. A better career, more pay. Although that's all part of it. That's part of what God does for us. But it's about you every day having an epiusos of aero. In other words, our posture is God. When I get up in the morning, Father, I pray, Lord God, for my daily bread. And that is what God is gonna speak right into your heart as you pray or during the day that comes. Can I ask you a question? When was the last time you know you heard God? That's why this message is really important because a lot of us can be living on stale manna. For us, our daily bread is the preceding word. This is our inheritance, particularly in this church. You know, God wants to have the preceding word flowing into your life. So here it says, give us this daily bread. But back in Matthew chapter 4, 4, Jesus says this when he's confronted by the devil. Man shall not live alone, but by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word, and it's proceeding. You know, God is never quiet, but we need to be quiet before Him. There needs to be a daily flow of the word and revelation into our lives. It's like a river, but it can become a trickle. I love the vision about the river today. See, God speaks in pictures in themes. It is the prophetic flow into our lives, our hearts and home, our churches, and even the region. Prophetic flow. In Jacob's encounter in chapter, Genesis chapter 28, verse 11, is one of the early, early uh, prophetic pictures of the church. So it says about how Jacob went out to Haran to a certain place, And he camped there for the night. And when he was asleep, he had a vision and he saw a ladder set up to the heaven and the angels were ascending it and descending. And the Lord was standing above that ladder speaking. Do you know what? That's a picture of church. 
Our church can be connected to God or disconnected. And you know, when I get up on Sunday and take the worship, I'm very conscious of that. I must make the connection for my sake and for your sake. It's really important. The preceding word is my inheritance. It's something that's been up, opened up over our lives and now I be, need to begin to walk in it. It's your inheritance too. This is your inheritance and yours and yours. This is your inheritance because you see the preceding word is the key to the blessings in the heavenly realm becoming a reality on the earth. The preceding word is the key to you achieving your full potential as a new creation in Christ. If you can get hold of that, your life's gonna change. Don't settle for yesterday's revelation. Oh, back in the old days, way back then, no, don't settle for what someone else says, some other prophetic person. You get in there and you listen to God. It's your inheritance. See, in John chapter 10, verse 27, it says this. Jesus said this to his disciples. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. That's your inheritance. He speaks through his word. He speaks through the worship and the ministry of God's word in the house. He speaks through honourable friends. He speaks through people who really love you. I believe one of the ways that God's spoken to me the most, particularly about things I don't want to hear, is my wife. But I thank God I thank God for her. She is sharp in the spirit. He speaks through his word. He was speaking through the worship this morning. These two just proved it. This is why we need to get involved in growing in the prophetic. He speaks through honourable friends. And one of the things I could do a whole series on this that goes for weeks, but he speaks through the inner witness. Romans 8.16 says, For our spirit bears witness that we are sons of God. It's like a knowing on the inside, you know, this is the way I've got to go. This is the people I've got to walk with. This is the person I need to marry. You know, all these things, if you listen to the inner witness, it's the voice on the inside that is talking to you about your future. The problem that we face is often how we hear. I want you to know this, it's what, sorry, it's what and how we hear. Just an important thing to listen. 12 o'clock and I'm getting there. The devil has been a liar and a liar from the beginning is the father of lies. In a lot of the domains of society, he has been given preeminence. So you've got to be careful. 
I uh, listened to the news on Friday night because I was visiting someone and uh, the news was on. And I listened to an hour of the news. It's the first time I've listened to the news for three years. At least when you're reading the paper, you can, uh, you know, you can flick it over and go somewhere else. But I've never heard so much death and destruction in my life. Now listen, young people, take heed what you listen to. Take heed what you listen to. This is in the Bible. Because why? The devil is a liar. And a lot of what is coming through is just not God. In fact, it is anti-God. Number two, be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you listen to. You know, particularly people who love searching the net to find some preacher or prophet. <laughs> There's some wacko jobs out there. Be careful. Now, I'm not telling you who to listen to and who not to. I'm telling you to take heed. Get your discernment turned on. Matthew 4.24, Jesus said, take heed who you listen to. So he's saying it. Take heed who you listen to. The odds are, or quite possibly are, that if you are having a hard time this week, it is because you have not got taken heed what you are listening to and who you are listening to. True story. If you're feeling something's not right on the inside, you've got to come back to this instruction from the Word. Take heed what you listen to. I felt lousy after watching an hour of the news. I had to get out of there. By the way, it was all true. It had all actually happened. But you've got to take careful, be careful what you listen to. I'm not suggesting you go and, you know, pull an umbrella over your head and just not listen to everything, anything. You've got to know what's going on. But take heed what you're listening to and, and please, please, particularly our young people, take heed who you listen to. Take heed who you listen to. For the rest of us, this one is really important. Take heed how you listen. Now, this is the problem with most Christians. The how they listen is they're educated to listen to messages and go home and, and uh, you know, maybe critique the message. And I think that's okay. But in that, you can miss what God's saying. Take heed how you listen. Are you listening with your spiritual ears? Are you discerning what's going on actually? Are you really thinking it through? Are you coming up with what God is saying or coming up with a consensus of what everybody thinks? See, it's God that we need to hear. I'll say it myself, all right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this daily bread. God's got something to say today.
You know, as we're finishing, I just want to say this. If you want to revitalise your Christian life, start listening again. If you want to revitalise your life, don't spend too much time reinforcing your own opinion that got you to where you're at now. That's what we tend to do. But come to God humbly, bow the knee before Him, come boldly before the throne of grace and say, Jesus, I want you to speak to me and begin listening. The end of the cycle of pain and disappointment can come to an end when you begin to hear God again. I believe that the preceding word is our legacy. It's our inheritance. It's like built into the house. But now what we all need to do is humbly come back and say, God, speak to me. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the word that we need. Man doesn't live by natural bread alone. I'm doing okay. I've had plenty of natural bread lately, believe me. But man needs the word that is proceeding from the mouth of God. I think in a way, you know, I'm in, a, in a lot of ways, you're unfortunate when you get a job, call to a job like this because lots of pressure comes with it, particularly me for some reason. But one of the things is that every day I've got to look for God's voice. I've got to have my spirit man fully engaged. And this is what has caused me to prevail. You know, the spirit on the inside bears witness that we are sons of God. So I want to thank God that you're here this morning and I want to help you make this next step. I want to help you become sharper in discernment. You know, do you know now with this AI thing, people can make videos of people saying certain things and you can look on and not tell that it's an absolute fabrication. For you to know God and to hear God and to know His voice is your inheritance. You know, just a little while ago, just a, a, a woman sent me a text and it had a thing with Andrew Bolt and Elon Musk having a conversation about a business opportunity, asking them to, uh, you know, putting an offer to invest out there. And this person, lonely senior woman, and I said, I said to her, as soon as I saw it, it looked so real, it looked so jolly real. But your discernment tells you there's something wrong. You're going to have to watch it. You're going to have to be careful. You're going to have to know. How do you know? It's the inner witness. It's your daily bread. God put his spirit on the inside of you. This is your daily bread. Can I, this morning, you know, as we stand, just let me pray for you. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us discernment. Amen. Just pray with me. Let me pray with you. You pray along in your own way. Father, I just thank you for today. Thank you for your word. God, 
sharpen us. God, help us to lock into the principles, particularly this one. And on that, it's amazing, you know, because it's sort of like a plumb line. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Man, one word from God changes everything. This is how I live. I was impressed when John said in his message, you know, that uh, I used to always say him as a, when he was growing up as a little boy, you know, because it was not hard being a pastor's son. And I used, to, I used to say to him, what's God saying to you? What's God saying to you? I didn't ask him how he felt. Because see, if you follow your feelings, that is the kingdom of self that will lead you into the kingdom of darkness. We've got to treasure this thought and this potential that God's given us that we can hear God. And you know, sometimes, I, you know, when I'm with people, I don't even bother asking them what God's saying because I know they'll just give me a pet answer. But it's other people, you, you can say, what's God saying to you? And you know, they're going to give it to you straight. What we need is the voice of the Lord. One word from Jesus from the throne room can set a generation free. So I want to encourage you young people. I want to encourage you. So, you know, this morning, if you want to tune in a little bit more, come and stand here. You know, just come and stand in the presence saying, oh, I want this. I want this. Yeah. And, and you know, one more verse. And this is, uh, this is where I'm going to finish is this, is that it says, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I know them, they follow me. You know, it's when you receive the Lord. So if you had have asked, you know, uh, Alex there 18 months ago, what is God saying? You would have said, what? Is there a God? Now I could ask him what God's saying because God's speaking on the inside. And this is the miracle of being born again. It's the miracle of being really born again. And this morning, if someone here, and you've never done this before, and you want to be born again, you really want to be born again, you want your inheritance God in heaven has an inheritance for you. Then I want you to just begin to come and stand at the front and I'll pray for you. Why don't we worship Him together? Father, I just pray for a supernatural release. I pray that a sharpness would begin to come. I pray, Father, for such an ability. I, I thank you that our young people are going to begin to hear God clearer and begin to prophesy. I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name.